We're talking with Brad Gates at Wild Boar Farms. That's B-O-A-R, Wild Boar Farms. Excellent, excellent tomato varieties that he's hybridized over the years. They are gorgeous. Check out his website, wildboarfarms.com, and just see how gorgeous those tomatoes are. Here in Northern California, the plants will start arriving in nurseries in early April. You can order seeds from his website. So let's, uh, Brad, talk a little bit about uh, seed starting. Now, here in your greenhouse, when you're in the business of planting thousands of tomatoes all at one time, tomato seeds, you probably have after 25 years in the business, have it down to a system. So let's start talking about uh, the soil that you use to start these seeds. Um, yeah, these are small little plugs. So I use a really fine mix that's basically a compost perlite peat uh, mix. It's an extra fine texture because the soil, the amount of the cell that I'm using is about the size of the tip of your finger. So it's just a small little pinch of dirt. So it needs to be a really fine textured. Um, I use this is a really medium to low nutrients. I don't want super aggressive growth uh, in the early stages. It can cause lankiness and, and problems. And so you don't fertilize. I mean, the seed has all the energy it needs to produce the cotyledons, the first leaves. But after that, how, how long would you leave them in these cells? And by the way, there's over 200 cells per tray. So we're really talking about uh, less than a thumb's worth of soil in each of these. So I imagine that by the time the true leaves start, that it's time to transplant. Yeah. So these, the true leaves will be, you know, say two weeks away. And then about two weeks after that, four weeks total, they'll be into the first or second set of true leaves. Um, and from there we transplant. So if everything goes right, I'll be able to get enough nutrients to grow the little two or three inch tall sprout just from this pinch of soil. If it's really hot in here and I'm watering a lot, sometimes that can lower the nutrients. So what I'll do is I call it spoon feeding them a little bit of nutrients. I will take a organic liquid fertilizer and mix it at about 10% ratio and then uh, fertilize them with that with just a really weak solution of a, a water soluble organic fertilizer. And at what stage of their growth would you start that fertilization? I'm hoping these have enough nutrients to carry them in, but what I'll do is I'll read the plant, and if I've been watering a lot, I'll keep an eye on it, and as soon as they kind of bronze a little bit and turn a light pale yellow, I'll know that pretty much all the, uh, at least the nitrogen and probably the other nutrients is used up. So they're going to go into a stall. They'll kind of go into a tomato seedling coma, I call it. <laughs> and so I'll keep an eye on that, mainly the color. As soon as they start to turn a pale yellow, I know I need to spoon feed them just a little bit of nutrients. And that again is at the true leaf stage with the second set of true leaves? It'll usually be in the, yeah, they'll usually have plenty of nutrients to at least the, the true set of leaves. So you're talking three weeks or so from now. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people are in the habit of, in order to get uh, seeds to germinate, they'll use basically propagation mats or heating pads beneath uh, their trays or their pots where they're starting tomato seeds. I don't see any propagation mats here. You have these on pallets, and uh, they seem to be fine. Of course, it's also 72 degrees in here. Yeah, so if I had a small operation, I was just doing maybe a flat of seeds or something, I would maybe use a heat mat. So the heat mat will speed up your germination. Tomato seeds, I always recommend soon as your tomato seeds come up, get it off the heat mat because it'll actually cause excess heat and cause lanky growth. So it would just be not, it's not really feasible for all the square footage I have to have heating mats in here. So I find that keeping it between 50, 55 at night and 75 or so during the day, I get really good germination with tomato seeds just doing that. 
what, about eight to 14 days for germination? Um, I would say that's a good guess. Uh, if you had bottom heat and everything's right, sometimes I've seen seeds pop up in three to five days, but it's usually one to two weeks. I like that tip of taking the propagation mat, turning it off, removing it after the plant has germinated so you don't cause any problems. I'm making a mental note of what I have to do when I get home now <laughs> with my uh, pepper seedlings. Well, and peppers and eggplants like the extra warmth a little bit more, so I, I, you, you can go ahead and ride those out for a couple more weeks. Oh, good. Now, the the, the peppers take, I, the, those seeds can take three weeks to germinate. Tomatoes are a lot quicker. And for people in a rush to start tomato seeds, count backwards from the time you would normally plant in the ground and back that off eight weeks. And that's a good time to start your tomato seeds. And, of course, you're doing it for a commercial market here. So you want to get them into the stores here in uh, Northern California in the early April. So you'd be starting them. Uh, now, here it is early February. That seems about right. Yep. Yep. I, with tomato seeds, the best uh, is about two months from seed to nice transplant under super ideal conditions. I've seen it six to seven weeks. Um, some people will even go longer, like 10 weeks, and they'll have, they'll transplant up into say uh, one quart or even a one gallon. They're going for an extra big plant. With the numbers I have, I, I can't really play that game, but for home gardeners, they can do that. So you have one tomato plant per cell. The cells, again, are maybe one by one, by one inch deep or thereabouts. Are you really adept at chopsticks? How do you get the, the plant and the soil out of there? <laughs> I really, I need to up my game and get a professional seed planter. But uh, yeah, it's just patience and diligent fingers. Really? Okay, not even tweezers. <laughs> I sometimes will use tweezers if like two or three seeds go into a cell and they're hard to grab. Mm -hmm. I'll take scissors and throw them into the cell next to it. Popsicle sticks? Uh, just a little bit too big, I think. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that would be a time-consuming process. Yeah, yeah. I seem to do everything the hard way. Okay. Well, for those, I mean, for a lot of people who are starting seeds, they will either start them in small containers like this or toss four or five seeds into a three-inch pot and then uh, transplant each one to its own pot after the true leaves are out. And these will be going into, what did you say, three-and-a-half-inch pots? Yeah, yeah, three-and-a-half-inch pots at one month. All right, so that's a heck of a lot of soil. Is the soil mix different for those? Uh, it is a little bit of a heavier. This is a, a really light mix just because the plug cells are so small. So, yeah, the, once they get transplanted into the bigger cups, it's a semi-similar, but just a little bit of a heavier um, soil. More compost? Is it a secret? I guess I haven't analyzed how much of each one. I just know it seems it seems like a heavier, hardier, doesn't dry out quite as fast um, soil mix. This is a extra light uh, mix. All right, yeah, but and this is peat moss too, and uh, I would think that whatever it's going into would probably have less peat moss. Yeah, yeah, it's basically uh, perlite compost uh, type of yeah. a mix. I mean, frankly, uh, for the home gardener who's transplanting little tomato plants into slightly bigger containers, you could just use a good quality potting mix at your favorite nursery. Yeah, I always use, that's when I'd use regular potting mix, that's what I would do. You can top off the trays, and if anything's bigger than, say, your pinky fingernail, pick it off the top. You can also run them through like a quarter-inch screen, just regular high-quality potting mix just screen it at a quarter inch and it makes perfect seed starting mix 
Excellent tip. And of course, uh, as the tomatoes grow in that three and a half inch pot, they, they, they can get kind of lanky too. But if you give them full sun, like what you have here in this greenhouse, they will tend to be fairly upright. But do you find you have to prune them? No, if you give them plenty of light, and that's why I like the cool nighttime and the not too hot during the day in here, will make them a little bit stockier. Uh, sometimes when you mass plant, like you're saying, put even up to 10 seeds or more in a small cup and plant them, they can fight for the light a little bit so they can get lanky. The good things with tomato plants is you can always bury uh, the plant and a bunch of the stem and it will readjust itself so to speak yeah just like if you bought a tomato plant at a nursery if somebody bought uh, one of yours at a nursery and uh, decided to uh, transplant it into the yard like they should they would want to plant it uh, deeper than where it was planted in the pot at the nursery yeah my general rule of thumb is plant about 20 to 30 percent of the plant no matter how big it is. If it was a little seedling when I transplant, I'll plant them about 20 or 30% of the stem underneath the soil. Once I get a nice uh, transplant that's ready for the garden, same thing, I'll trim off any leaves or suckers that are below where I'm going to plant, and then I'll bury about 20 or 30% of the stem. That keeps the potting mix it's planted in from drying out. That keeps when the wind in the spring is blowing your plants around, it makes it uh, a little further down in the soil so it can handle the wind, and it will also regenerate uh, roots on the stem where it comes in contact with the moist soil. Now, you like to say about your tomato plants, they're the heirlooms of the future. What is the definition of an heirloom? Everybody has a different one. Yeah, the best, most common one that I can come up with uh, is that it's, they say it's a 50 years or older, seems to be the loose definition of an heirloom. That gives, because uh, the definition of a, a heirloom is something that's been passed down from a generation to a generation. So somewhere along the line, somebody threw out the 50-year the mark, and it seems to be the most popular. So uh, some of my varieties are maybe working on 20 years old now so just have a, a little bit of a wait but i think when most people think when they want an heirloom is they want a tomato that's something other than round red and tasteless Exactly, because yours are beautiful. It's tough to even describe them, but they come in most colors of the rainbow. But you can check them out at wildboarfarms.com and see all those colors. I would think in, in your hybridization efforts, it takes a few years for it to settle down before where you can offer it to the public as a seed. Yeah, it's typically five to seven generations from the time the cross was made until you've selected year after year the best of the best. And then uh, all the traits stabilize, the colors, the uh, flavors, textures. After picking the same thing repetitively for five to seven generations, then that variety becomes stable. Yeah, it's interesting because even though it, it is a hybrid, it will stay stable as long as it isn't cross-pollinated by something else. How do you do that in the field? How do you isolate your plants? Tomatoes typically only cross-pollinate about 1% to 3% of the time in the wild. So it's actually pretty rare. It takes, uh, it's usually like a native bee, honeybees and stuff, some bumblebees and some of our native pollinators. Once in a while, we'll go to tomato flowers. But in general, I rarely see insects on the tomato flowers. They're not as desirable as most of what else is out there and available at the time. Right, exactly. And if, if people are concerned about that, or maybe they live in a heavy, uh, windy area, they can also isolate the plants by maybe covering them with a row cover at flowering time. Yeah, if you were looking at, uh, yeah, that, that always works. And then people have put like a 
it's not really a cheesecloth, but like a netting around the flower trusses after they pollinate, you know, after, and that can, or before they pollinate, before the flowers get pollinated, and that can ensure that a, the rare occurrence that an insect went in there and crossed those seeds. Boy, there's a job for somebody with nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Great operation. We're looking forward to spring and summer, and it's going to be another great tomato year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, super anxious for warmer, longer days. All right. Brad Gates, wildboarfarms.com is his website. Check out his tomatoes. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Fred.